Praise the Lord. I'm going to just go on and on. Hi, Mama. My mama is here. Bishop Mommy is here. Praise the Lord. Daniel chapter 3, starting at verse 19. I do have a word for you today. Daniel 3, verses 19 through 23. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. Verse 21. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. 22. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Father, speak to us today by the power of your word and spirit. I pray it in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. I was thinking about these three Hebrew boys this morning, and this instant juxtaposition happened in my heart. The first side of it was Abraham, who said yes to God. I mean, because if you read from Genesis 12 on, Abram didn't do nothing. He just said yes. That's all Abraham did was say yes. And God said, you're righteous. God said, Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation and I'm going to bless those who bless you and I'm going to curse those who curse you. And Abram said, yep. Cool. And God said, you believe me? And Abraham said, yeah, I believe you. And God said, then you're righteous. That's awesome, right? Isn't it encouraging that all you have to do is give God your yes? That righteousness is simply saying yes to God? But now we've got the other side, the Hebrew boys, because all they did, literally all they did, was say no to Nebuchadnezzar. Abram said to God, yep. And the three Hebrew boys said to Nebuchadnezzar, nope. What happened here in Daniel chapter 3 is King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, where Israel had been taken captive into captivity in Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, he built this huge golden statue and commanded the whole world to fall down and worship it. He said, when, when the, the choir and the orchestra start singing and playing, when you hear that music, y'all better bow down and worship the statue. And the music starts playing and the three Hebrew boys, all they did was go, nope. Even though the rest of the world was doing it, they were like, Nope. That's all they did. Saying yes to God will always require you to say no to something else. And the greatest deception in our culture is that you can say yes to God and yes to the world at the same time. That's the greatest deception in our culture. That you can name the name of Christ but not depart from iniquity. That you can rap about how much you love God and then in the next breath, rap about how many different women you banged and how much weed you smoked. That we've got a culture of folks who think they can say yes to God but not say no to Nebuchadnezzar. Now what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was that Nebuchadnezzar got really angry by their no. How many know that the enemy doesn't like you very much? And how many know that there's always giants guarding your promised land? Entering into your destiny is never easy. 
Coming out of Egypt, that was easy. Remember, God brought them out of Egypt without them having to fight. He just sent plagues on the enemy, parted the waters, they walked over on dry ground, he drowned the whole Egyptian army. God did it all. All they had to do was just walk. But when they came to the edge of the promised land, God said, now you're going to have to fight. Coming out of Egypt and coming into your destiny are two different methodologies. The one, God does all the fighting, and the other one, you've got to do some fighting with God by God's power. Entering into your destiny requires that at some point you're going to have to get get thrown into a fiery furnace or two. And the problem is that we don't understand the purpose and necessity of the fiery furnace, and so we spend too much time in it. Remember the children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness when it was supposed to be six weeks? Why was that? Because of their unbelief. Some of us have been thrown into the same fiery furnace again and again and again for 40 years when God only destined you to be there for six weeks. And at a certain point, God says, you know what? Before you burn up, let me pull you out. Good Lord, will you get it this time? Are you, you okay now? You rest? Okay, get back in there. <laughs> and you just in there just cry, God, get me out. God, let me out. God, let... All right, pull you out for a few minutes let you catch your breath, throw you back in there, and the whole time you're mad at God for not rescuing you from this fiery furnace, and you don't understand the purpose why you are there in the first place. And Nebuchadnezzar became angry. He commanded that they be bound. That was the first thing he did. Tie them up. Bind them up. The enemy's first desire for you is that you would live in bondage. problem with most of us is we don't even know the degree to which we're in bondage. Deception happens at a level of the mind that's so deep and so subtle that you don't even realize that you're just being tied up and bound up like Samson and Delilah where she would bind him up in his sleep. And while he's sleeping and slumbering, she's tying and, and tying knots and knotting him up and tying him up and he wakes up in the morning bound and doesn't know how he got into that situation. Nebuchadnezzar has that fire heated up, commands his mighty men of valor to bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So you have this combination. While they're being bound up, the fire is being heated up. You experience that in life, don't you? Your bills are increasing, but you just lost your job. You know what I'm talking about? You're being bound up and the fire is heating up at the same time. I mean, just one of them would be bad enough, but both together is overwhelming. It creates a situation of complete and total impossibility where there's no way out of this. You know what I'm talking about? Throw them in the fire, Nebuchadnezzar says. First thing that happens is that the men who threw them in the fire were killed by the fire. Isn't that interesting? That the fire, (laughs) the thing the enemy doesn't understand about the fire is that it doesn't do what he thinks it's going to do. It doesn't kill the people it's supposed to kill. The second thing that happened is they get in the fire and they got freed by the fire. 
It describes what they were wearing when they got thrown in the fire. They're wearing their coats, they're wearing their shirts, they're wearing their turbans, they're wearing their pants. And then they're tied up in all of that. And they get thrown in the fire, and the only thing that gets burned up is their bounds. The only thing that the fire burns up is what's binding them up. The fire is first and foremost designed to burn up what has bound you up. But you're so busy begging God to pull you out of the fire before the fire has time to burn up your bonds. And so God pulls you out of the fire and you're still bound. And now you're crying out, set me free. So he throws you back in the fire and the whole time you're screaming, let me out. We're so busy trying to get out of the fire that we don't stop to recognize that God actually sent you in the fire to get you free. What we don't realize is we're freed by the fire. Whatever fire you're in right now, God sent you there so that that fire could free you. And you need to renew your mind around that truth because you think the fire is destroying you and that's why it is. Because you believe it to be so. Instead of believing that our light and momentary affliction is working for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, we believe that it's a heavy affliction that's killing us. And because you believe that, according to your faith, be it unto you. And so the moment you find yourself saying, God, you got to get me out of here. God, you got to set me free from this. God, you got to let, you got to make this thing let me go. God, you got to get me out of this fire. You've missed the point. You missed the point. What if the only thing that changed was your mind? What if this morning, by the time you left this building, your mind changed? By the time you ended this live stream, your mind changed. And your mind simply said, you know what? I'm in the fire right now, but I'm going to stop fighting the fire because God has not called us to be firefighters. You don't need to fight a fire that cannot harm you. You're fighting against that which has no power over you. I was ministering to a young man years ago and he told me he had a dream that he was fighting someone and fighting and he, when he opened his eyes, he saw that what he was fighting was a corpse. Fighting against something that's already dead, something that's already defeated, something that has no power over you. You're fighting to destroy that which has already been destroyed. What if you stop trying to be a firefighter? And what if your mind changes and you embrace the truth that God allows me to walk into this fire so that I can get freed by the fire? I'm going to get freed up in this peace. You need to say that. I'm going to get freed up. You need to say that. You need to look at your own fire, whatever fire you're in right now. If you're sick and God hasn't healed you, I'm going to get freed up in this peace. Right? If you're broken, God hasn't provided, I'm going to get freed up in this peace. If you're single and God hasn't sent a husband, I'm going to get freed up in this peace. If God sent a husband, but you don't like him, I'm going to get free. I need a new job, but it hasn't come yet. I'm going to get freed 
up in this piece. The fire is whatever it is that simply will not change. No matter how much I pray, no matter how much I fast, no matter how much I cry out, no matter how much I ask, God doesn't seem to move. God doesn't seem, maybe because God has a purpose in it that's different than what you think. Maybe God has intended to work good in the midst of it for you and won't let you out till that good comes about. First, they got freed by the fire. The very thing they wanted to avoid was the source of their freedom. The very thing they wanted out of was the source of their freedom. You know, marriage often is a fire of affliction. And my wife and I, we do this uh, illustration for a lot of married couples, and especially when we do workshops. And we got this illustration from a couple that we, we, we went to a workshop with back in the day, years ago. And they talked about this line of trees on the 17-mile drive down in the Monterey area, right on the water, right on the ocean. And the wind has beat against one side of those trees, and so they're all withered on the wind side. But on the other side of the tree, they flourish. And they said, this is what every human being looks like. I'm withered on one side, I flourish on another. Come here, baby. We got to do this. But the side I'm withered on, she's flourishing on. So show me. I'm withered on this side. I'm flourishing here. She's withered on this side. Do you see this? And this is why we were attracted to one another. So I was like, wow. Where I'm withered, my left hand, she's flourishing. And she sees me and says, wow. Where I'm withered, my right hand, he's flourishing. Isn't that awesome? And then we get married and we embrace one another. And one day she says to me, you know what I would really love? I say, what's that? She says, I'd love it if you would embrace me with two hands. And I say, I can't do that, baby. This is my withered hand. <laughs> she says, well, no, I, I need you to embrace me with that withered hand. And I say, but you don't understand. I'm just not able to embrace you with that withered hand. She says, well, I need you to try. So I go, okay. This is a fire of affliction. I need you to organize our finances. I need you to keep the kitchen clean. I need you to fold your laundry as soon as it comes out of the dryer. And I'm going to beat you up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and what happens is, as I struggle to love her with my withered hand, first I feel it's so unfair because she don't recognize everything I do with this flourishing hand. If she would just recognize, don't you see all of this? Don't you see the song I wrote for you? <laughs> don't you remember that one day I cleaned the house? <laughs> remember I got up late at night to go get you food? But loving you with this hand is a furnace of affliction. And it causes me years of pain. But what happens is if I keep struggling, if I stay in this fire, this hand breaks free. And all of a sudden, not only am I able to hug you with two hands, but I don't walk through life like this anymore. Now all of a sudden, I'm flourishing on both sides. Go ahead. And it was that fire 
of you demanding that I love you in a way that I feel incapable of loving you, that was the path to my freedom. So I could fold the clothes now. I'm I'm working on that, brother. I'm I'm working on that, brother. It's funny. Somebody was asking, we were talking last Sunday. I was talking with some people last Sunday about, you know, they said, your wife's coming home next week. I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you better make sure the house is clean. And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I will. And they're like, oh, she's going to be so happy. I'm like, nah. She's going to walk in the house and go, okay. You left a crumb over there. And they're like, she doesn't get excited about that? I was like, no, 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 no. No, she doesn't. Not at all. That doesn't impress her. And they said, well, then what does impress her? What does wow her? I said, cleaning the house once will never impress her. Cleaning the house every day? After a while, she'll look back and say, wow, for three months you kept the house clean. Now that consistency is what blesses her. <laughs> right? <laughs> I told him I could build a, wing, a new wing for the house, and she'd walk in and go, oh, okay. But if in two years it was still standing, she'd be like, wow, this thing didn't fall apart. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't believe you built this. <laughs> you know what I mean? She needs, she needs to see something last, right? Me eating right for a week ain't going to impress her. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And I used to get so mad about that. Don't you see what I did? You don't recognize I cleaned the house? Yeah, once. Use that withered hand and do it every day. Stay in that fire until the fire frees you. First they got freed by the fire, but as soon as they got freed by the fire, they found fellowship in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar goes, Hey, dog, check it out. Look look up in there. Didn't we throw three men in the fire? There's a fourth man in the fire. Is that a fourth person? One, two, there's four people up in the fire. And look at the fourth one. He looks like the son of God. And you see, suddenly, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego find a fellowship with Jesus in the fire that they never had outside of it. I'm so glad he didn't take me out early. Not only did you want him to take you out before your your bonds were burned off, but you didn't realize you were supposed to find Jesus there. That in fact, he was actually waiting for you in the fire before you got there. He was already up in there waiting for you there. He already had fellowship planned for you there. And this is the problem that when we're walking in unbelief in the midst of our fire, our eyes are blinded to the fellowship that God intends for us in the fire. I can be so blinded by disappointment because of what I hoped would happen or what I wanted to happen that didn't happen that I could miss what God is actually doing. My eyes can be so focused on what God is not doing that I miss what God is doing. I spend so much time lamenting about prayers that God didn't answer that he sometimes he's standing right in front of me and going, but Benjamin, I've got this. Sit at this table with me. I've prepared this. I was waiting to give you this. And I'm like, but you didn't give me this. Throwing a temper tantrum because of what God didn't do for me. And now my eyes are closed to what he wants to do for me. They found fellowship in the fire. And this is the sign of freedom. 
The first sign that your bonds have been burnt off in the fire is that you find a new fellowship with Jesus and you're still in the fire. You're still broke. Your wife still don't like you. Your car still broke down. Your boss is still threatening to fire you. But without that situation changing, you found a new fellowship with Jesus. That's better than the answer that you wanted. It's better than the new job. It's better than the new car. It's better than the increase in finances. It's better than the wife liking you. It's better than all of that. First, they got freed by the fire. Then they found fellowship in the fire. And then, this is the last, well, second to last piece. Now they're free in the fire. First, they're freed by the fire. Then they find fellowship in the fire. And now they're free in the fire. What does Nebuchadnezzar say? He sees them walking around in the fire. It's all up in the fire like... Aren't you in the fire? Yep. Well, I'm praying God pulls you out. Don't bother. I don't need it to change. That's how you know you're free in the fire when you don't need to come out. I can do this. This is no problem. I was born for this. God, leave me here as long as you need me to be here. You know you're free in the fire when you no longer need to come out. When you no longer need your situation to change. I don't need it to change. I'm so free. I found such deep fellowship with Jesus here in this fire that even if it never changes, it don't matter to me. I'm free. I'm free up in this fire. It doesn't restrict me. I'm free. This fire can't stop me. I'm free. I don't need a new car. I'm free. I'm free in the fire. I'm free to move about the cabin. I found a freedom in the fire that I don't have outside of it. Lord, don't, you don't need to even worry about taking me out of this fire. Just let me stand in this freedom. Suddenly you begin to recognize that freedom is more valuable than firelessness. Do you know how they how they uh, refine gold. When they dig gold out of a mine, they put it in a fire. And do you know what happens? The impurities deep inside that lump of gold are driven to the surface, and then pop, pop, pop. The, the piece of the lump of gold pops around in the fire. It's just popping around in the fire. That's how most of, most of us are. It's just always popping around in the fire. Some of us have been popping around in the same fire for 20, 30 years. It means there's still more impurities that God is driving to the surface of your life and killing. Yeah. And you know how, do you know how they know when the gold is done? When it just sits still. It's just chilling in the fire. I can, I can deal with this. This ain't even no problem. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing, my brother. Fire ain't hot. I'm free. And it wasn't until they got free in the fire that they got free from the fire. When God suddenly says, All right, it's done. What I sent you into that fire for is done. Come on out. And you know what they came out with? testimony. You see, if you come out of the fire before you're free in it, you ain't got no testimony. 
Your situation might have got better, but it ain't a testimony. Because you're still as ornery and unbelieving and bitter as you were when you went in. People talk to you, oh, I heard, oh, I heard you got a good job. Yeah, but I still can't stand that last book. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I thought you'd be thankful right now. Ain't no testimony. You know what's better? No, actually, I don't have a job yet. But the Lord is sustaining me. That's a testimony. What did King Nebuchadnezzar say? Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's delivered his servants from the fiery furnace. Matter of fact, if anybody says anything ill against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're going to be put to death. Why? Because no God can deliver like this God can. Mm. That's a testimony. That's a testimony, my friend. When someone can look at your life, so often we think of the fires that we walk through in life and say, why did I have to walk through that? I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Rick, you know your life is a testimony. People are looking at your life and saying, this man is in the deepest fire that you could imagine. And he's free, just walking with Jesus all up in that fire. Just walking with Jesus. That's really what it's about, isn't it? Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus, it's my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. When you prioritize your fellowship with God, God is able to lift your consciousness above every fire. God is able to purge even the deepest impurities. God is able to bring you a freedom in the fire that transcends anything that you could have ever afforded for yourself. God is able to draw you to a deeper place of fellowship with him than you ever would have imagined. And you'll look back on that fire and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that fire. I didn't know that you could pull me out of that fiery furnace unless I was thrown in. I would have never known. I would have never known that you were there waiting for me unless I had gone in. I would have never known. Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes and remove the unbelief and the disappointment from our hearts and minds that would cause us to fight the fire instead of embracing the fellowship. Embracing the freedom that comes in the fire. Change our attitudes. Change our attitudes in the fire. That the focus of our hearts would be God, 
You brought me here to reveal yourself to me. This place where I'm weak, you brought me here to show me that you're strong. You've taken me to the ends of the earth, to the deepest pits, to show me that there is no pit that's so deep that you can't climb down in it and be in it with me. You've caused me to walk through the valley of the shadow of death to teach me to fear no evil and to show me that you are with me. Because that's the only place where your rod and your staff could comfort me is in the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, when I'm on the mountaintop, I don't need your rod and your staff to comfort me. And so I miss that comfort. I live without it. But when I'm in that valley, all of a sudden, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If I didn't have any enemies, there'd be no place for you to prepare a table for me. But you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And it's right there that you anoint my head with oil and you cause my cup to overflow. And suddenly it dawns on me, I look back over my life and I see all of the dark valleys I've had to walk through and all of the pits that I've fallen into and all of the rivers I've had to ford and all of the mountains I've had to climb and I realize if your goodness and mercy followed me into those valleys and into those pits and through those rivers and over those mountains, then surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I thank you that you are showing us that faith is forged in the fire. That faith is born in the fire and that you've let me walk into the fire to find faith there. The confidence to know that my Redeemer lives and I will stand with Him on that day. That even if there's no sheep in the pen or cattle in the stall or fruit on the tree, my heart has learned how to rejoice in God my Savior. No matter what I see on the outside, it's who I know, not what I see. And I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you for the confidence that's being born in hearts right now in the name of Jesus, that right now is this confidence, this faith is being born in hearts. Bondages are being broken right now in the fire. Bondage is being broken. The bonds are burning off right now. The bonds are burning off right now because our minds are changing. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of you need to just come to this altar and get a hold of this. Don't leave until your mind changes about the fire. Don't leave until your heart changes. Don't leave right now. Your bonds can be burned off right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let this moment pass. This is freedom. This is freedom. This is freedom. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He has inscribed you on the palm of his hand. You are the apple of his eye. Lord, why is this taking so long? Why is this taking so long? Because there's fellowship that I want to have with you here. I brought you here for freedom. I brought you here for fellowship. Don't worry, I've marked the time. This will not last forever. This is not life. This is a moment. But there's freedom coming through this moment. And there's fellowship coming from this moment. And you never would have had that fellowship and that freedom without this fire. 
You never would have had this fellowship and this freedom without this fire. God, I thank you for the fire. Come on, just begin to thank him for the fire. I thank you for the fire. I thank you for the fire. I thank you, God, that you didn't give me what I wanted when I wanted. You didn't show me the fruit I wanted to see when I wanted to see it. It felt like you rejected me, but now I see you didn't reject me. You accepted me. You chose me in the fire of affliction. That's what the scripture says, that it was in the fire of affliction that I chose Israel. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. 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 Freedom in the fire. It's here today. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, whatever fire we're in, we're going to stop fighting it. We're going to stop resisting it. We can't beat it anyway. Instead, we surrender to you. We surrender to you. How long? As long as you say, Lord. As long as it takes, Lord. Till I'm free. That's how long. Till I'm free, till I'm filled. Till I'm freed up, till I'm filled up, till I'm fired up. As long as it takes, God. As long as it takes. Have your way and take your time. Have your way and take your time. That's surrender. That's surrender. Lord, have your way and take your time. I'm done rushing you. I'm done rushing you. I'm done rushing you. Have your way and take your time. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.